You're listening to Inside of You with Mike Rosenbaum. I just wanted to say Mike to see if you were listening. Who says Mike? It's Michael. Mike sounds so collegiate, doesn't it? This week's guest, Rob, I'm really excited. I've known her for a while. She is a gold medalist. She won the gold medal in figure skating in 1998, youngest ever to win it, Tara Lipinski. Look, I don't get it. I mean, she won at 15 years old. I was I was locking myself in a room with Sears catalogs, exploring my body, Rob, when I was that old. Tara and I are old friends. We became friends when she moved out to Los Angeles. She was 21. She was like my little sister. I was very protective over this pure little angel. And um, we talk a lot about stuff. You know, it's crazy because when we were talking about her growing up and her life and skating, I, I couldn't imagine. And you know what? After listening to it, I didn't want it. She had supportive parents. But it's a very tough story to hear. I mean, it's 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 rewarding and great, but at the same time, you're like, man, I couldn't imagine being a little girl like that and just being thrown into this competitive world. Uh, her rivalry with Michelle Kwan, how hard it was to get into broadcasting after her figure skating career ended, and we play Mary Fuck Kill with Tanya Harding, Michelle Kwan, and Nancy Kerrigan. Let's get inside of Tara Lipinski, please. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Tara Lipinski, Tara Kristen Lipinski, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. <laughs> you got it. It's really a treat. You've been here before. I have. We know each other. I mean, yeah, we have we have history. Years Let's and years talk about of the history. history. Do, you, do you know where we met, Tara? I do. Do you remember? Well, I asked you first. Okay, Mexico. Oh, we didn't. Was it Puerto Rico? No, no, no. It was Puerto Vallarta. Oh, I knew it was a Porto. Yeah. And Porto I, or a Puerto. So Michael and I met. Hmm. We, we would go on these... What were they? They were like well, these charity. This was was it the Christopher Reeve Foundation. It was. it was like it was you know. So there was a, a connection for me for Smallville and Christopher Reeve, who played Superman, obviously, who was uh, an amazing man. Um, and they would send us on these. You no, know, they they send actors or celebrities or musicians yeah. to Athletes, places. It was sort of a mix of to help raise money. And right. we would go. It was amazing, though, because they would literally send you out there with a plus one. I brought my friend Chris McDonald, Chris, who yes. then became one of your very, very close friends. Right. right? And um, we'd go out with a plus one to these beautiful resorts, and we'd stay there for four days, and you would have activities and a dinner at the end, but you would meet all these new friends and new people. And you'd raise money, which was a great thing. You would raise money. But we money. would party. I mean, you'd have the activities We're, to go to, yeah. but then there was a lot of downtime. Who did we party with? Um, I mean, These Chris has an amazing story of Matt Damon. No, oh, not, he, not, not Matt Damon. Um, wait, no, no, no. Um, Busey? why am I saying Matt Damon? No, you know who I'm thinking. Oh, Matt yeah, the, Dillon. Matt Dillon. Yes. Yeah. He was just kind of weird. <laughs> Chris, he was nice to us. He, but was, he was so like, yeah. nice. He was kind of like his character in Something About Mary. Yes. But, but nice. Just Super kind of a loner. Nice. Kind of like, hey, man, what's going on? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> And then, was it, yeah, Gary Busey was there? Gary Busey. And Gary Busey were in this place, and we're listening to music, and I'm just standing, and I go, yeah, yeah, and I'm because it's a loud place, and he goes, he just turns it to me and goes, listen, buddy, I got a steel plate in my head, and I'll fucking kill you if you yell in my ear again. I'm like, dude, oh nobody's going to kill anybody. Let's just calm down. Oh, my goodness. That was crazy. Who was there? Buzz Aldrin? Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. Didn't Kelsey Grammer go Kelsey to Kelsey Grammer was there. 
It was just a, it was a star-studded thing, and it was uh, uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys yes. played for like. Oh 50 my goodness! Of us. We were very lucky. Yeah, and that's how we met. That's how we met, and we be just we hit it off, and we came back here, and you started just hanging out with my friends. And, I had literally, and moved. it was platonic. It wasn't like we were sleeping no. together. That that never happened. No, we we met when I moved here. So I moved here, and then I went on that trip a month later, and I came back, and I was like, "Well, I have a whole new group of friends." <laughs> That's what would happen. We went on a hike, and I remember I, I blame myself for it. But oh, I, this is years <laughs> later, though. This is your well. Is it years later, Michael? Do you know I met you when I was twenty-one? Oh my god! How many years? Ago I'm was thirty-five. That? Fourteen years ago, so yes. I was thirty-one, twenty-one. That's a good age gap. Yeah. Like but I'm very immature, so <laughs> you were probably perfectly. more mature. Yes, it were perfect. <laughs> we went on this hike, and I remember I just I, I texted you. Were we texting back then? Was there texting? I think there was, or that. whatever it was. I emailed you and I said, "Hey, Tara, we're going to these hot springs." And for whatever reason, I guess you thought maybe I wasn't detailed enough. But I guess you okay, thought so we were. Michael, you were so not detailed. First okay, off, you do know me at this point. I wasn't. I'm not an adventurous person. We know this. Right. 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 Okay. And. When we would do stuff, you know, we'd either come here and hang or we'd go out and do things. So I came dressed. (laughs) To go to a a spa. You thought we were going to a day spa. But when you said hot springs, I thought maybe we'd, you know, be in Joshua Tree and we'd walk, you know, somewhere sandy. And then we would, you know, go to a hot springs, put on our bathing suit and then come out and, you know, I don't know, get a massage. Tara, it was... And I remember we picked you up and you just weren't prepared. I was not prepared. And you had like slippers? No. Or no, this is high heels? I had wedges on. Like, you know, just like a little platform thing. Okay. And I had that because I didn't know. Maybe we were going to go out to eat after. I didn't know. And I brought a pair of flip-flops. And remember, we got to Joshua Tree. No, no, no. It wasn't Joshua Tree. It was, it was Victorville. It was a hiking oh, place okay. where we hiked a mile up a mountain and, and then, then got, down. Wait, wait for the story, guys. So we get to the place and there was this really – remember that old cabin with like the pots and pans hanging and the grizzly old man? Like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Exactly. You come up to this thing after driving through like it feels like you're on the moon, driving through these little roads that don't even seem like they're going anywhere. And when you bump into this, this dude's shack yeah. to get into these like where you start your hike. Right. And he's like, how many people you got in the van? Exactly. I'm like, oh, we got seven. Yeah, we're out to charge $5 a piece. Here's a map. You guys get lost. I don't get a sh- give a shit. I ain't sending out shoppers tonight. Yeah. And then he looked at me and he's like, and you can't go in those flip-flops. And so I wore one of – I wore his slippers, his old, gross – I had to. There was nothing else I could do. And they were probably like a size men's 12. Do you remember this? I, I had these slippers on. Do you still on. have them? I don't. No, I, I have no idea where they go, they went. Hopefully, I threw them away immediately. And you gave me, you were so nice, you gave me like your, because I also sweater. didn't bring a sweater. So I am like dressed like a homeless person as we go on this hike. And if you remember correctly, oh, okay, Michael and and the group of friends we hung out with. This story actually goes somewhere. It's fun. Because, no, no, no. This, this, here's what I'm saying. I, I I love this story. And there is the ending, it gets worse. It gets so bad, guys. It gets like so we bad. almost and, died. And we're getting to – yes, yes, go. That's pretty much what happened. Right. So we go. And as we're going, Michael, you get very caught up in the moment. And you're not thinking. And I, I don't know if you remember this. I was sort of yelling at you saying – we remember the grizzly old man that told us that we, we they're not se- sending helicopters out right. and we need to like know where we're going because when we come back it's going to be dark. Yep. Well, you you put a rock like here and there and I'm like we're never going to see <sighs> that boy, rock. Lack of boy scouting as a child. Yes. I go, Here's this rock. It's a, it's an awkward shape. It's 
octagonal. We'll remember this one. Yes, rock. exactly. Yeah. And I was nervous, Nelly, worrying about it. And then I was like, fine, Tara, just go with the flow. So we hike up this hour and a half hike and we Miserable. go down to these hot springs. <laughs> it, was, it was great in the beginning. It was, it was adventurous. It was fun. Yeah. And then it started to get cold and we realized it's getting dark and we don't have flashlights. Yeah. Also, we went to the hot springs, which you to get through, remember, you have to go through that ice cold water. Oh, yeah. I'm already in survival mode at I'm the naked. moment. Everyone's not thinking about it. I asked some guy, random guy, I'm like, can you carry me over that? Because I'm going to have to walk home ice cold with like wet yeah. hair. Then we got lost. 100%. It was scary, though. We come back. We decide to leave. We had never done this hike before. It was all new. My friend Tom Lally, he would get... He'd find these hikes and say, oh, it's, you know, it's not bad. But let me tell you something. It's already dark. We can't see. And we're climbing up a mountain. And we, we don't know where we are. I have no Fast idea. Fast forward. For like a half hour. We are lost. We are absolutely lost. And some of the girls started crying. I think you might have cried. I, I was a hundred percent breaking okay, down. Okay. I don't want to say it, but no, yes, no. you are. You, I was crying. You're hysterical. There is no self-service. What the fuck is going on? I'm like, dead. And, and let me tell you, I, do you remember me snapping? Yes. Like in a very positive sort of leader way, leadership kind of, yeah, I said, listen to me right now. We're fine. Nothing's going to happen to us. Just hang in there. I've got this. And I remember turning around going, I don't have this. I mean, none of us thought you and had you it remember at that what point. Ha- I, I had you on my back at one point, yeah. climbing up a mountain. Yep. Because your feet, those shoes weren't, weren't doing working. it for you. And I finally, but then I see a flicker of light. Oh, we were so lucky. And I just, and I waved to this guy. I think somebody had one camera or their phone and we waved to him and he somehow... He somehow found us. He could have just kept walking. He led us to the right way because we would have had to spend the night in the middle of nowhere and there's coyotes and mountain lions. I'm telling you guys, we're in the middle of the mountains. It was. And that's how we met. Well, that's not how we met, but yeah. But yeah, one of the scariest (laughs) moments for me up on that mountain. It really was. It was terrifying. I thought we could die. Everyone was crying. I was almost crying. (laughs) But it was an experience, wasn't it? It was. We've had. We've had a lot of good times, Michael. A lot of good times. Lots of Halloween parties. Yeah, Halloween's coming up. You going to come to my party? I am working. Mm. I'll be in New York. I know. See, that's the thing. You're always working. I know. Let's, let's talk about a time when you weren't working, Tara <laughs> right? Lipinski. Yes. Let's talk about when you were called Tara Kristen Lipinski. Mm-hmm. Were you ever called that? Did your mom ever call you yes. Kristen? My mom, when I'm in trouble, it still is, especially by my father, Tara Kristen. Tara Kristen. You watch your effing mouth. <laughs> you watch You were a it. good girl, though, weren't you? I was. I was one of those kids that was scared of it. I think it's like my personality. A little anxious, a little type A, a little OCD. Right. So you get a parent that says, don't do that. I'm like, of course. Of course I wouldn't do that. Now on the podcast, I've had a lot of guests who didn't have great relationships with their parents. You know? Right. Either alcoholics or this or that. That's not the case for you. You were always no. close with your parents. Really close. Always. There was never really any issues. They were always together. Yeah, I, I, I've i had it pretty lucky when it comes to that. Like growing up, I was an only child um, and I have a set of very dedicated parents. And for some reason, you know, to this day, I feel like they're my best friends. My mom is my best friend. I feel like I got lucky. Like my mom had a horrible relationship with her mother. Right. And so for her to become a mom and sort of – be that person in someone's life. I think she took it so, so seriously. And that was her full-time job. She didn't work. She didn't do anything. So I think she put everything she had into really making an amazing childhood for me. And your dad, he's a lawyer. I mean, you guys were well off. We, when we first started, we, we weren't, but I, 
I was so young by the time I sort of was aware, right. you know, my dad already sort of got a good job. And so my parents came from North Jersey and they struggled a bit. And then my dad came, um, my, my parents moved to South Jersey where I was born and my dad was going to law school at night. He was pumping gas and he wow. was bartending. Jack? Yeah. He had like four jobs. And See, I didn't know that about Jack. I thought Jack kind of hit it off pretty quickly. He had some big success early. Oh, no. No. They grew so up struggled. in Bayonne and, they, and he struggled. And my parents got married really young. So they were 23. So by the time they had me, they were 31. So they already started to sort of figure out life and they moved away from where they, they grew up and my dad got a good job and then I grew up in South Jersey. South Jersey. You have no Jersey like traces. You don't, I don't look at you and think any Jersey in you. Well, I guess that, is that good? I mean, I love Jersey. I'm not, I don't know if it's good or bad. <laughs> I think Jersey, there's a lot of character with Jersey I love people. Jersey. Sure, I know a lot of people, you know, Tommy, my buddy Tommy's yeah. right there, Tommy Caprio, but you know, what the hell. I'm no, so drawn to anyone from Jersey, and really? I know it's that I, I come from there, but the accent, just the way people are, it's so – I don't know. It feels so homey and good, and I don't know. Did your oh. folks ever fight? Did you ever hear them fight or oh, yeah. argue? Really? Who was the one who brought – you know? Who my dad it? never – I mean, it was always my mom. Jack seems like a really relaxed he guy. Is. Every time I've talked to him, he just wants to have a drink. Yeah, wants to hang just out. chill. And so mom would kind of chirp Mom, Mom is like me. You know, like right away something goes wrong and blah, 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 And Jack's and then, like, it's fine. It's okay, Trisha. It's okay. Trisha. Yeah, that's what he, he says. He's Trisha. Right. And so growing up, you're, you're, for the most part, normalcy. You're a, I mean, not normal. What, my, what was what my was that life normal? was not normal. Well, it was it was when it went with my parents, like having a good relationship with my parents. Right. That was normal. that's true because it, it it became pretty abnormal. Yeah, early on, <laughs> very quickly. W- were you always athletic? Were you always competitive? I was always competitive with what everything. So you know, if I played soccer in school, you know, I was like elbowing some kid to. Get Were you to a the crier? Ball. Were you someone who would play, and if you lost, you'd cry? No. So that was like my parents. My parents were were strict in some ways. A lot of times, I'm like they really weren't strict. I mean, I was sort of on the road by the time I was 15 alone. But in other, you know, in other ways, um, especially with you know monitoring my behavior when I was younger, I could never be a sore loser. Right. You couldn't swear. You couldn't say you suck to someone else. Oh, no. That would be it. I would never play soccer again. <laughs> so what was it like? You, I remember you were you were rollerblading, roller skating first. You so were, I started roller skating. How many skating. sports did you try before you found a lot. figure skating? I did like dance. I did gymnastics. And I was very opinionated even when I was younger, sort of like I did gymnastics and I was really good. And then like they're like, you have to flip upside down. And I was like, well, I don't do upside down flips. Yeah, like that's I, not I my flip. thing. Yeah, I can do everything else. I'll do twists. I can but just I- see you on a roller coaster. <laughs> no, we don't do upside down. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do that today. No, not today. So that was me. I did um, back in the day baton. Oh. Um, I did. I mean, I played every little kid sport, soccer, and th- nothing really stuck till I went roller skating. And I went roller skating um, when I was really young, when I was three years old, because my mom and her best friend who had a daughter my age, it was like raining and they were like, what do we do with these overactive kids? And it was like in the newspaper that you could get a free Care Bear if you <laughs> went and took like a skating lesson. So me and my little girlfriend went and then in fine print, it's like, you know, 12 lessons later. So that's you how You loved I, it that much that you said, I want to roller skate. Yeah, loved it. How, how long before you were doing like those, you know, those fancy backwards yeah, 1970s, like, yeah. like, it's couples time, dear. <laughs> yeah. Probably on. like in two years. So you're five years old, six competing. years old. And you're, wait, you're already competing. Yeah. 
How did you, I mean, did your mom, who saw it in you, or did you want to compete? Did you even know what competition was? No. So it always happens. It's sort of the snowball effect where you go. And so I went for the Care Bear. We still have it. It's my mom has it framed Care Bear um, from hell. So it's like it's in a their home. Six year old. <laughs> it's, it's an old Care Bear. Old, old Care Bear. Crusty. So um, you, you go there and you do all these fun things. Roller skating was like super. I mean, you know, in the eighties, sure. it was a bigger thing than it is now. I was a DJ now. at a roller rink. Right. Like it was a, the place to be. So we would go for public skates, and I loved the social thing. I had square so many little pizza, friends. Square pizza. The square thick gross oh, yeah. pizza. The high school pizzas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it started like that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, do a show, do a club show, and then you do a club show, and then one of the coaches is like, oh, you should enroll into this little itty bitty competition, and then you do one, and then you're hooked. And that one, did you win? I I, I did. Come I, on. No. How old? You're five? I did. I like won a lot in roller skating when I was a little girl. It's weird. And that's why you keep going though. If you're losing, then you're kind of like, well, right. I'm not going to do it. So if you didn't like roller skating, if you hadn't started roller skating, you might not be... Oh, 100%. You I would never. You, you would be in South Carolina maybe figuring it out or doing... Yeah. I would never have, have gotten into figure like ice skating. I went ice skating one day just because my parents were like, oh, maybe she'll like ice skating. And then I did both for a while. And then my mom just one day never took me back to the roller rink. She's like, I can't do both. <laughs> this is crazy. All right. So you're roller skating. You're you're competing. You're dominating. You're doing all these things. You got the competitive edge now. Your dad's into it or is Jack kind of still like, oh, whatever. Dad's like support. Like, oh, I'm into it. You know, I'll pay the bills and I'll drive you and do whatever. But but um, yeah, I think they didn't think it was going to go where it actually went. Right. And then once I started ice skating, I immediately was able to sort of transfer everything I learned to from roller skating to ice skating very quickly. And then we started competing. And then it became, by the time I was like eight, a thing of, oh boy. When were you we're starting to it. do jumps and things? Like, well, in roller skating, I was five. And then in ice skating, I was six. I, immediately I started. I've never done a jump. I ice skate. I'll take you. I would never do a jump. It just doesn't seem like you should jump. <laughs> On those things. <laughs> you should. And you start doing all these things. You're competing at seven, eight. You're in ice skating now. Yes. You're in love with it. I love it. This is an expensive sport, isn't it, ice skating? So I, I mean, refinance the house a couple times. Are you serious? My parents hated skating, actually. Like, the, to be honest, when it got further along, it was a constant battle of me begging them to keep me in the sport. They never came from you know, a sports background. They like valued, you know, education and that should be my, my sort of path. Cause what's the end game? What's the end game? She's going to be a, Oh, she's going to win the 98 yeah, that's uh, not gonna happen. Olympics. Right. <laughs> exactly. This is a waste of money, Trish. <laughs> this is an argument. We're having an argument. I'm starting this one. Exactly. This, this is gonna, this is a waste of our money. Right. I don't have the money. Why is she doing this? What are the odds? She's going to come out of this. It was a little flip flop that my mom was definitely that voice. And my dad was always like, Oh, like, She's so good. Like, le- she loves it so much. Like, let her tell us that she doesn't want to do it. And my mom really, like, I mean, she was there on a day-to-day basis, so she hated it. <laughs> so. So she was with you every day, every lesson, every – and all your competitions. Every day, every lesson. So when was it that somebody said, you should really compete? I'm talking real competition. I'm talking when, – when, when, how old were you then? Um, I was probably, like, eight or nine. You're already in – like the the lower levels, like when you see someone go to the Olympics, they're this, you know, Team USA, A-team, senior competition. But then when you're in the lower levels, you just do the same thing just on a lower scale. Are and you watching then, this on TV? Are you watching? Are you? I mean, Olympics, I mean, I watched as a kid. I loved every Olympic Games, whether it was summer or winter. And obviously, 
all the skaters were my idols. That who's, who's your I idol? mean, Christy Yamaguchi and Nancy Kerrigan, Scott Hamilton, Brian Boitano, like all of those those names I grew up with. And then I knew, like, I want to win the Olympics. Like, I have to do this. It just amazes me how, like, you, you'd know where to go. Like, you, you just have to – you're like, okay, in order to get here, I've got to go where? I've got to compete in what competition? Because I don't know anything about right. this. Right. Well, it's like it, – it is hard. It's just you, you sort of figure it out as you go along and you, um, you know, whatever rink you're skating at, you go – you know, you – Find what coach is best for you, and then they kind of know, and then you realize, oh, I've outgrown this. I need to go here, and it is this big process. And it's you know, it's an. I mean, I had a completely abnormal childhood. I mean, just like relationships you have with coaches and people at the rink. And so you were going to school, or you? Home, I was. I was. I stopped going to school when I got very competitive. competitive. Very, right. So I, I and how old's that? Because I that's... was, I was still young. Obviously, I was so young. Um, I, that was I stopped in sixth grade. So then, what was interesting is a lot of skaters do homeschooling. And back in the day, like if you went to your rink, they had a teacher that sometimes taught you, or you did online stuff. And because my parents weren't that, you know, big into skating, and like school was it, I stayed enrolled into my school. Had to take my all my work. Had to go back and forth almost every day. Oy. I had to have three different tutors. Um, you didn't have a lot of friends, did you? Other than I at, had at my the rink. friends at the rink, but then I mean, there was no life after skating. So at, at nine years old, when I was in Texas, they didn't have a training center. So I skated at the Galleria, which is this big mall. And the only time they had was very early in the morning. I was still going to school, so I'd wake up at three, I'd shower. And then by 3.30, 3.45, I was on the ice skating till 9 a.m. I'd come into school a little late, go to school, and then go back to the rink for another hour or two, come home, do homework. But you moved. You moved from – was it Philly yeah. or was it – was it uh, no, from South Carolina. So no. So I started – I mean, South Jersey, I trained in University of Delaware. Then we moved to Texas because my dad got a transfer. So then we lived in Texas. Then I moved back to University of Delaware. Because your mom was going to now take you and let you fulfill your dreams. Right. And you left your dad, Jack, alone in Texas. So what happened was I was starting to get injured at this 3.30 a.m. practice. I was like hitting my head and just sort of tired skating so Hitting early. your head on the ice. <laughs> yeah. I, I hit no, my this head is one. not good. No, it wasn't. So my mom's like, Did you have concussions? No. I was lucky enough not to, but my mom sort of saw it and was like, this is not what we're doing. So – they made the decision to take me back to the training center in Delaware. And obviously my dad couldn't come, so he had to continue to work. And then we went out there and we we had a small apartment out there and that's where I trained for a long time. And then we left there and went to Detroit and I finished sort of my competitive training career in, in Detroit before I went to the Olympics. I mean, you just jumped to the Olympics. I, I did. I just to went. me, and I think people who are listening – you think how do you the, the biggest stage on on earth is is the Olympics and everyone in the world's watching. So to get there, to be this little girl who's growing up, to getting the right coaches, to getting, I mean, did your parents always like the coaches that you had? Were they ever too disciplined? Were they ever too intense? Yeah, I mean, we left um, my training rink on the East Coast because. You know, I had a very – I had a close relationship with my coach since he was he was so technically talented. What was, was his name? His name was Jeff D. Jeff D. How old are you in Jeff D? I coach? I was um, six years old um, when I started with him, and he taught me everything I needed to learn. Do they forget sometimes 
you forget that you're talking to a six-year-old. Oh, of course. I mean, like skating's like no other. It's sort of like any other sport that you think of these coaches being so hard on you and like these Russian coaches sort of demanding everything and, and, and you know, this fine line between <laughs> abusive and training. Um, right. You know, Jesus. like it's a – He was Russian? This no, guy? He, no, he wasn't. He, I mean, there's right. a lot of um, Russian coaches, but I didn't, I didn't have one. But, you know – you know, there were a few times that things crossed the line where then my mom's like, okay, like that's too much discipline. Like we need to, to move out. <laughs> like what kind of things were said to you as a six-year-old that you can re- actually remember? Well, get up, get up, do it again. I mean, yeah. I mean, Lipinski, like I just, like I still have dreams. Lipinski, you know, and like gloves being thrown at me. Were you nervous? Oh, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I'm, that's just How like can my you person- get better when you're nervous? I think you can, though. I think that's the point. Like, if you are so obsessive, I think to to sort of succeed in anything, you have to have a little bit of that obsessive, you know, um, drive to, to do, do it every yeah. Because why else would anyone put themselves through this? <laughs> do you think if you weren't yelled at, do you think if you weren't, if you didn't have the exact discipline that you had, if you didn't think that you were, you know, you were always nervous, you were always on edge, it was almost like that helped you with your nerves? I think it did. I mean, I was and – it, and it's funny because a lot of skaters need that push from their coaches. I don't – I think naturally I was just so driven that I was the one – sometimes the coaches were like, okay, you have to get off the ice. Like I would stay for another session or I'd be so upset that, you know, I was injured or whatever it was and I pushed myself hard. So I think I needed a little bit more of a, a balance and sometimes I didn't get that. When but. did you know? When did you know I'm good at this and I – the Olympics aren't – they're in my sight. You know, there. You know, I could see this happening. Yeah, I. I think, you know, for me, probably when I was like eleven, did I really think like this could be a possibility? And was I your mean, experience what what made you think that? Just because you start winning things, you're getting closer to that high, you know, that high level, and then you know, it's sort of a thought where it's not just like a funny comment, like oh, I want to go to the Olympics. It's sort of like oh, this could possibly happen. And then you know, the next year when I was twelve, I. I got very lucky and I went to the senior event and I was only like a novice skater, which is like three levels below. But I went because I was like ninth alternate because I don't know how I got lucky, but I mean, it's horrible to say, but people were hurt. People right. just pulled out and then all of a sudden it's like, you well, we got go, to go down the line and here's Tara, like we'll send her. And I went and I won that entire event at 12, you know, and that was the first time it was an Olympic festival. And that was sort of the first time that the buzz started and then it sort of snowballed. So it's sort of luck. It was like you were in the right place at the right time and you were prepared. Right. Luck is a commodity of preparation and opportunity, right? Exactly. And that's what happened. Yeah. So it was one of those meant to be moments to get me to that event. And then that sort of- Were you getting this, press at this at, point? At that point is when I, I got press. Do you remember your first interview? I do. So at that event, I won Mary Lou Retton at the time. This, this It was an Olympic festival. It was all sports. She had this award she would give to a-, a athlete. So it would be a girl and a boy. And she picked me after that event. So I went to like my first interview and I, and I remember meeting her, which was huge at the time. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, the, the process we talk about like coaches and it's, it is interesting because, you know, I say my life's abnormal and people I think, think, oh, training, you just go to the rink and you train hard. I mean, it's so much more. Let's jump. Let's get to the Olympics. Let's get to all okay. that stuff leading up the way because you had some competition. You were, you were always losing to the same people. Yeah. The, when I was skating, I had like one big rival. Michelle. Michelle Kwan. Kwan. 
Like it was back and forth. Just back admit and it forth. right now. You hated her. You know, don't try to be nice. No, no, no. You listen. never told me. I'm asking you. Yeah, I'm telling you. I respect her probably more than I respect anyone just because she was so good. So when you say you hate someone, you know, did we sit there and talk and like chat it up and right. we were best friends or were we friends at all? No. You know, this was a person that was over there <laughs> and I was over here. We did our jobs and it wasn't like we mingled. But I have to say at the same time, I respected her and I was so glad that I had her pushing me, you know, as you know, much as yeah. it would be easy to be like, oh, sh- if she just wasn't here. But I loved that. You know what I think it was? Is Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago. Rocky Four, Because there's this feeling of like, you know, I hate this guy, this Russian guy, this, you know, he killed Apollo, you know. And then you got this Russian guy who just wants to kill him. Right. And they have this hatred. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene at the end when Rocky wins – and there's sort of that respect. Oh yeah. Where it was a competition, it was a fight, but he looks at him, he's like, like you're you're good. Yeah. And it's like you you're pr- you're almost proud of them in a way. You're proud that you get to share the ice with this person. You're proud that you get to compete against them. But then when you step on the ice, then you want to win. <laughs> and that means right. no one else is coming to you. But did you feel like did you want her? Was there part of you that I want Michelle to like me? I want any of these girls to like me. Did you need that? I mean, I think everyone has. I mean, you meet someone, you always want someone. I mean, I think that's human nature. You want someone to like you. But I I didn't spend too much time on that just because I had, you know. Right. (laughs) Were you nice to her? Yeah, we were cordial. Like, you know, we just got through a a time in skating where, you know, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding, you know, just had this horrible, horrible incident. And and then – you would think that this rivalry would have these like trash talking type of thing. Like it really wasn't. It was typical skating, you know, very cordial, very nice. So you 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 couldn't play the game fuck, marry, kill right now. You couldn't. If I gave you three names, you couldn't do it. What do you mean? No. You know, you know that game. Yeah. If I gave you, you know, Kerrigan, uh, uh, what's her name? Tanya Harding and Michelle Kwan. (laughs) If I said marry one of them, kill one of them, F, (laughs) F one of them. If you well, just I had mean, to, like, if this is the game. We had to. I mean, t- we have to kill Tanya Harding. Okay. <laughs> right. Who would you marry? I, mean, I would marry Michelle, I think. You'd marry Michelle? <laughs> well, I mean, she's a great you would, person. You would just F Kerrigan? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know Kerrigan as well. So, I mean. But you didn't compete with Kerrigan. I can't see myself marrying. Wouldn't you want to give the, you know, they, they call it the, the, the uh, never mind. We don't have to get into it. <laughs> Well, it just feels like with all the competition, with all the, oh, God, Michelle Kwan, she wins again. Because she beat you. She beat you in nationals or whatever. She beat yeah, you in. right before the Olympics. Right before the Olympics. And you're like, what the hell? And she was beating you in the Olympics. Yes. In the short program. In the short program. So that was sort of our, our thing. She would win the short program. And then my shot was in the long program, which was worth more to win. When did so. you When did you come up with the triple loop? So I Is it I, like the triple indie? You know the triple indie So where, it's triple loop, triple loop. Triple loop, triple loop. Mm-hmm. And it was a combination. And I knew I had to do that to beat these other competitors. How hard is the triple loop? It's hard. Is it the hardest thing to do in figure skating? No, 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 no. I mean, nowadays, these guys, men are doing like five quads. I'm in talking about for, for women. women. It's still a difficult 
triple, triple. It's all about how strong you are in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's like the takeoff. So like in skating, you have all these different types of jumps, whether you toe in or you go off an edge. And going off an edge is always tricky because you can't slip. You have to hit, You have to have like a good grip and timing and right. blah, 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 technical term. When's the first time you did a triple loop? Triple loop. Um, triple loop. <laughs> I have to say it twice. It's, it's triple loop, triple loop. Triple loop, triple loop. I was 13. Yeah, it's two because it's two in a row. So I do one and then I don't put my foot down and do another one. How high do you get? Not on marijuana. I don't know. I don't know if that was measured. When you first did it, how old did you say you were? 13. 13. And uh, were you scared shitless to do the first yes, attempt? Yes. How many times did you wipe out? I mean, a million. I mean, you take these crazy falls. What's funny is like you you think about going on the ice. You look at gymnasts and they do all these crazy flips, but you see them like doing them into these like foam pits when they're learning them and mats. Like skaters are really nuts. Like you just are like, oh, I'm going to go try this jump that I've never tried before. Cool. Like let's just like skate 20 miles an hour into it and see what happens. <laughs> you had to have gotten hurt. Did you ever walk off the ice uh, growing up and go, I'm fucking done. I'm not doing it, mom. I'm done. I hate it. I'm done. Uh, Or did she ever say, Tara, that's it. I can't watch you do this. You're going to die. I can't watch my daughter die. I cannot watch you do this anymore. How many times did she say this? Uh, I mean, that was like, it's a funny thing in the family now. She would constantly be like, we're going back to Texas. We're going back to your dad. Like, we're not doing this. And I'd be like, mom, please give me one more chance, please. Did you ever get any concussions ever hurt ever to the point where? I I, I was lucky with the concussions that I hurt my hip where I had surgery at 19 at 19 but you this is past the olympics, past the olympics. So, so who cares right <laughs> who cares matter. you've already won the olympics at that point. hip pain <laughs> no one cares about your hip Deal pain now <laughs> no but like i went through horrible like times with my back training for for the games and my hip and did you think maybe i'm not going to be able to compete in the olympics i did like the year before i had i was getting these crazy spasms in my back because i was having like disc issues i mean you you have back and would it affect you you're you're literally listening to the music and you're skating and you're feeling the sort pain. of yeah and it takes your mind off and you can't focus because you're in pain you're, i know it, that feeling it's crazy it's and and what you can actually like do when you're in pain i mean i think that's like another thing about athletics that's so amazing you see these athletes in horrible pain and with these crazy injuries and they're still able to to perform and get through it but yeah that's not fun so let's get, let's get to Nagano. When you Nagano, Japan, mm-hmm. right? This is where the Olympics are. When you found out the day that you have qualified, you, you found out because you qualify, right? Well, so when, when, when uh, does that happen? When did you know? Okay, so like the year before is when I kind of knew that I was in contention to win an Olympic gold medal because I won the nationals and then I won the world championships. Then the next year, those are like the two big events. Then you go to nationals like a few weeks before the Olympics, and those are the the qualifiers. So if you place in the top three. Then you go. And I had a disastrous, disastrous short program. Was that embarrassing? Was it that was the, horrible. Was that the moment? Yeah, because I lost my title that I, you know, I won the year before. I was in Philadelphia, my, my where I was born, my hometown. It was the, you know, the Olympic trials. And I was sitting in fourth place after the short program, not even knowing if I would make the Olympic team. Right. And every – the next day – I mean, skating was big back then. So it was – you know, in the newspaper, every newspaper was just me on my butt with my feet over my head Were other falling. skaters, other commentators who you respected or whatever giving you a hard time and saying, she's not going to do it. Oh, she's th- not so going to do it. So that – yeah. Then immediately once I my bum hit the ice, that was it. And it was like, oh, nope. She's never going to win. She's she's out. Who and said these things? Everyone. I mean, the, the all the media, all the sports writers. So the day of the 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 long program. So I was in second place after the short. 
I was happy because it was the very next competition where I had to do the same jump I messed up at the nationals that I fell on. So when I got through that, I was so happy. I was in second place. I always liked being sort of Did that you do underdog. That, does that smile come on like right when you hit something? You notice yes, how all figure like, skaters go. Yeah, exactly. I did it. I nailed it. And I like would was always a little even more over the top. Like my smile would be like coming off my face. But um, and you're 14, right? So go figure. <laughs> right. right, you're smiling. I'm smiling. Thank God. Yeah. So that day, though, I like had a meltdown the day of my Olympic games. Like I. I was staying in the village, so I went the entire time to sort of experience the Olympics. I What's want- the Olympic village like? It's amazing. I wish – you know, I loved being so young and going, but I wish that there were other Olympics I could have gone to at at, at an older age just to So you really haven't been to the Olympic in- village since you were young? No, I mean, you stay – I mean, yeah, I've been there, but – I mean, now I you hear the stories of everybody effing everybody. Right. I didn't have that issue. Yeah, you were young. Um, I was 15. Yeah. Um, I didn't say that. I wasn't going there. <laughs> Don't make me look like a perv. I'm just saying, at an older age, when no. you're commentating, you're working for NBC. But I'm not. This was Rob's question, Rob. <laughs> but I'm not in the village. So, right. like, the athletes that are staying right. there are there. But yeah, that does happen. And, um, but what's funny is, I loved it. I had the best time. I think everyone kind of knew I was young. They all took me under their wing. They all would sit with me in the cafeteria at McDonald's. I mean, the night I won, Wayne Gretzky walked in and I was like going to find some ice cream. And he like had, there was like, two, like the, there was like two other hockey teams there. So there's a ton of people. And he like was like, no, we're having an ice cream party. Like we, he was like Come celebrating on. with me. It was Did like you get the pictures? best, you get pictures of you and best, Wayne? yeah, the best memory. Um, one of the best memories of that, that games. Um, but yeah, I wanted to experience it all. And there I was staying by myself, obviously couldn't be with my parents or coaches. So I'm just sort of like floating around the Olympic village. But that day I went to see my parents before and we would always do this like pregame meal. Was this before the short program? This is after. This is, this is after the short program didn't go finals. well. This is for the finals. No, it did go well. I landed everything. I was in second. So second. Behind Michelle. Right. Behind Michelle. Um, and the long program is where there's more jumps and you can really excel technically. Right. Um, so... I went to my parents and we used to do this pregame and we have spaghetti and then I would like do this funny trash talking thing of how I'm going to win and whatever. And it would be like this cute little like – Talk to me like you're, I'm your parents <laughs> and you're trash talking. I mean I don't – Tara, Tara, I'm so excited about your trash talking. Yeah, Tara, let's hear it. I'm going to have another scotch. Tara, trash talk us. Trash talk that Michelle Kwan. Let's hear it. No. Let me hear you. You were a child. So, Michelle's not going to get mad. I, no, no, not say? Michelle. I mean it, it was more like – I, I don't know. I feel like – I'm trying to remember what it would be, but I feel like it would be like whatever. Like I would just sort of like arrogantly talk about how I'm going to like just whip the competition and win this event and how I felt good and like that was it. And I'd just peace out of the room and walk out, you know? I could just see myself doing that. I'm, I'm just thinking if I was you, I'd go, yeah, Quan gone. Triple loop, triple loop, Quan gone. Triple loop, triple loop, drop mic. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe I needed you there to really like No, you my... didn't. You would have lost the gold. <laughs> That's why you won the gold because I wasn't there. <laughs> I would have been the one person that Fs you up. So anyway, so that day though, I started crying mid-spaghetti and I was just like, can't do it. You got to call them, tell the Federation I'm just not going out there. Like it is Petrified? not- Petrified? Yeah. I was so scared, Michael. Like I couldn't, I was like, this is just, I cannot do it. I'm sorry. Did this come out of nowhere? Was it almost like an anxiety attack? It was. It was like. Have you had an anxiety attack before? Oh, yeah. At that age, you were 14 or younger, you were having anxiety. Yeah. You talk about therapy. I was in therapy then. I had like a psychiatrist I worked with. How do you work? How did you work with your anxiety? 
with him, um, I was, you know, we we would have all these techniques of what to like sort of like what I would be thinking of on the ice and when these thoughts came in, how to help them and breathing when I would get anxious and show me some of the breathing techniques right now. I mean, the best way is to you hold your tummy and you you have to breathe properly, not just like when people say breathe. You have to like really fill up your stomach so you can feel it push out and then you bring it all out. Yeah, that's it. It's really good. It's great for anxiety. That really helps. It, I mean, it, it's supposed to help you calm down. So I would have crying. to do all these tapes, whatever. This is like this is like Bryce Harper last night in the World Series. He's he struck out to end the. Uh, they would have gone to the World Series, but the Cubs did. If all of a sudden he said, "Hey, I, I I can't go up there in front of all these people, and the whole world's looking at me, and I can't go up to bat. I can't do it. I'm done. I can't." Yeah. But you can't have that thought in your head as a professional. You, you just can't. can't but you, you do. To. Like I doubted myself constantly. I was not the most confident athlete. And I finally realized later in life when I started commentating, because I, I sat in the booth at, at the Olympics um, this past go around. And I remember thinking to myself, like, we're going on live television. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Like, why yeah, do why I do pick? you? And what I've realized, and like, I think back to all those, those sessions with my sports psychologist where, you know, I realized – and I wish I knew it then because it gave me so much anxiety, but I do better under more pressure. So the the higher the stake is at that moment, the better I'll do. Do you ever throw up before you skate? I didn't. I mean, I wasn't that bad. There were times though, you remember Emetrol? No. It was like they give it to kids for like nausea. Right. I would I would take that. Really? Yeah. So I nauseous. would get very nervous and I would doubt myself. And then I always like would realize now looking back on my career, any the biggest events I do the best. So I love the pressure. Like I obviously thrive on that. You, you don't get nervous anymore? You still no, do, I do. You, you still do during everything. Yeah, everything. And I love that. But I think I love that feeling. Like it's a sickness. It's like that high of I being like, so nervous. I, I, I don't love it. Really? I, I envy people who say, yeah, I don't get nervous. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get I wish nervous. I didn't get nervous at anything. I wish I had such confidence that I could do it. I could fly. Right. I don't care about anything or any thought. Nothing comes. But I to- think it's good to be nervous. I, I think don't. it's, yeah, because you know, it makes you work harder, makes you think about things more, makes you like not just know you're going to do it. And then like there's little mistakes that happen because you're kind of too cocky. Do you think Michelle Kwan ever was harder on herself? Oh, yeah. Do you think like. Yeah, I think to get to that point, you have to, I mean, like I said, like the life that I live, that most skaters live, is not a easy one nor <laughs> always a happy one. Right. So I'm sure she had different struggles, but I'm assuming we all kind of went through the same thing. How close are you in terms of proximity when you're during this whole event? Is she kind of in her corner and you're in your corner? No, you you're really in it. Like sometimes, like you're right there. Do you ever slip in a fuck off, Michelle? <laughs> No, but Whisper you know what the skating the thing is to do? So when you land a jump, you, you like hold Can your arms out. Kind of be one of these little fuck <laughs> you. You don't, you don't, you don't no, fuck them off. No, but you do this like you land a jump. But what you could – a lot of skaters would do is they'd hold it so long that if they'd see like someone coming by <laughs> getting to set up their jump, they're like still holding. They're like And she did it to you? No, we all did it. I mean, I definitely You did all it. peacocked. And then the best is like the little games we would play. Like, so we'd go to a press conference – And it would be the start of the event. And I would, on practice, be able to do more difficult combinations and things that I didn't actually do in the program because they weren't ready. But I'd be like, you know what? And it's like we're all sitting there, like the top five skaters. I'd be like, I think I'm putting this in, even though full well I knew I wasn't. You know, like you do these crazy things that is like the best part of competition. It's fun. Really? 
Have you ever cried during a match while you're like literally skating around and messing up no. and people are watching you? You're like, like oh no. my God, oh my God, I'm crying right now. No, my coach would, I mean, I would be So you learned, done. You, you learned a lot of discipline. You had a lot of discipline. Yeah, there was no it, It's weird because I Afterwards, think- Afterwards, I'd like lock myself in a broom closet and like cry, but- <laughs> Wow. It's amazing how a lot of times success, you could have a coach that's so supportive, right? Mm-hmm. Or not even a coach, anybody in life. Who you're an acting coach, or you're you're just you're you're whatever. They're so support. Being supportive helps, right? In life, just your friends. But when there's a certain honesty to some people, when they say, "Don't do that," "Stop doing it," it's amazing how people can really thrive and have a successful career through having a supportive system, a great support system. But they could also thrive with the opposite system, which is just. Lipinski, that's it. Do this now. It's I, I couldn't imagine being screamed at. Yeah, that take sucked. You're the worst fucking actor ever. Horrible. Do it again. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> no, I think back and I'm like, it is crazy to think that's how I lived, like a day to day thing of just someone like coming back and then being like, that was horrible. And that's probably do it again. Do you think a, a support system would have done it if it was if the opposite? I mean, it could have. It really could have. I think I had a good balance because I had my mom there to sort of watch and make sure it wasn't too much. But I mean, I mean, even think of like for women and and young girls in sports, like skating is. I mean, my coach, I remember telling me like green velvet. You you look fat in green. I was thirteen, so I never wore green velvet again for years. Like probably never now. (laughs) By the way, why would anyone wear green velvet now? (laughs) No, I know green velvet's fine. I'm colorblind, so I don't really know. I mean, velvet's but that's terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like a lot of little things like that, that, you know, I think sometimes the discipline is good, but then obviously it's, you know, like he could have said, you know what? I'm not, I don't love the outfit. You're very pretty, <laughs> but I don't love it. Yeah. I don't love it. Let's, let's but then you might've gone, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like it. Lepensky, you're a fat pig. <laughs> don't ever wear this again. And you're like, okay. Okay. No, no green there's, velvet. There's got to be somewhere in the middle. There has to be. And but, I mean, also, you have to realize I was 13. I'm there was poor, like not course. an ounce of fat. Like where he saw fat. Yeah, you're a tiny little thing. So it's crazy. But I mean, those are those sports gymnastics, you know, ballet dancers, figure skaters. They have to deal a lot with body image. And I mean, it's hard because like the fact of the matter is, and I think all coaches feel that way, is like when you're fit and lean and you're lighter, you're coming down on that like quarter inch of a blade three times your body weight. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you're landing – a 300-pound body on a one-foot... Nobody's going to ever have 300 pounds on them. Right. But when you're 100 pounds, yeah. you really are 300 from gravity and pulling. Really? So that's why you... Oh, that's... Oh, okay. So that's why, you know, they try to keep your weight in check as much as you can just because it's you a lot you, easier. The impact. Yeah. So when you throw yourself up right. there and then you're coming down and the force of coming down... You're coming down like three times your weight. Okay. See, I didn't know that. This and you're only doing it on one leg on a skinny blade. So that's a lot of torque. That's a lot of pressure. And... You ever break your ankles? No, I didn't. It seems like everybody yeah, would break. It's, I mean, it's sort of like you learn how to like land softly on the ice and you point your toe and there's sort of a technique to it. Long form. Let's go long form now. <laughs> long program. It's right. the short and the long. Right. So the short, your second place. Kwan's first place. You told the story. I said, I can't get up. through it. You can't get through they it. They got a call. My parents were like, oh, shit. So they like knew me well enough to be like, okay, we're so proud of you. You did so well. Like 
we'll call them. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I'm like eating my pasta. I'm like, well, I don't know if I want you to do that. You know, so I kind of turned it around. And then like I did three takes of like walking out of the room of like, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to win. And like the first one was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to win. <laughs> and then like my mom and dad are like, oh boy, this is not going to go well. But then I went there and I was sh- I was shaking. Like I literally was so scared and Michelle skated before me. I knew she was my biggest competition and there was another practice rink in the back. So my coaches took me back there and they're like, don't listen to the marks because we could hear. But by the way, you've got to be, let's, let's set the stage. Mm-hmm. Tell me if I'm wrong. You got to be perfect. Perfect. There's no mistake. You make a mis- a done. tiny. If you go triple loop, triple loop, or if I just even tripped, you're done. Even you're if I done. just tripped going into a spin, whatever it yes. was, if I didn't count, and enough she can't row, be perfect. If she skated well, what she did, right? And I made the smallest mistake. Done. done. So I knew that. Oh my and God. I'm in the back rank, and I have my ears closed while her marks are going. What are you listening? To anything, headphones. Literally, with I had nothing. I don't know why. Just, I think back. Your ears. To, I was plugging my ears, and um, she. I took them off, and I heard her marks at the very last minute. I like took my hands. Nine point two. No, well, back then they? it was the six point system. Now it's changed. What but were the six point num- is perfect. What were the marks? It was like five nine, five nine, five, and I was like, oh my god, she must have just blew it out of the park. Plus, like her marks are so where oh. they're not going to give me a perfect score. Like that's not going to happen. I would have been the first figure skater with a big dump in my <laughs> pants. I would have come out there. Michael Rosenbaum has shit his pants. It's unbelievable. I've never seen a dump in a figure skater's pants in the history of the Olympics. <laughs> Rob, what can you make of this? Exactly. Terrifying. So, terrifying. So what? Now you're even more scared. So I had like the old school like Zach Morris phone. Like this the, is the 1998 or the, or the whatever. Those, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like huge. And I remember going into like the bathroom stall and calling my mom again and being like, "Again, mom, I cannot do this. Whatever." So my mom's like, "No, no, no, no. She made a mistake. You only heard the art. Like she made a mistake. You, you can do it." But she didn't, right? She didn't. Good so, mom. Good yeah. mom. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, okay. I still have a chance." She I shit mean, her pants, Tara. Like the thing is, is you're going there to do your best, but if. You're trying, <laughs> <laughs> Tara. Tara, don't don't worry about the numbers. That took a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it always takes a moment. <laughs> so anyway, I I needed to know that I had a shot at this, and so I go out and I take center ice, and my legs, for the first time in my entire career, are literally physically shaking. And I was like, I am screwed. This is not going to go well. Like everything's I've going watched very this like five slow times. Mo. with you. I've seen it a few yeah. times. I just had to. Yeah, go ahead. So going slow mo freaking out and i remember coming around for my first jump and like there was a whole media section and i don't know what it was that competitive problem i have i like saw them and it was the best thing that ever happened to me i literally got so angry and i was like seeing them writing in their little thing like i was like i'm going to show you lapinski and her green outfit (laughs) so i was like i am going to win and um and I was just like, I am going to skate clean. Because like, the thing is, is you want to win, but at the same time, you're so focused on just doing what you know how to do well. Because if you don't do that, then it doesn't matter. It's about precision. This. Right. Was it, was it the first jump that you go, I got this? No. No? No. So I did – but I went kind of into that zone that people talk about. Like after I like got pissed off and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to skate clean and whatever. And then I went in and I was just sort of in the zone. And then like my second jump – was really good. And then my third jump, which is always like – was one of the more difficult, was really good. So I'm like building, but I still knew I had the loop-loop. Oh, yeah, the old loop-loop. Oh, loop, the loop-loop. Loop, loop. And so once I hit that, 
I like went bananas because I kind of – How much time left after the loop loop? Like still like a minute and a half. So I still have like three or four other jumping passes. And at 14 years old, youngest – 15. In, or 15, you say in your head you're probably thinking still focus, stay focused. So, yeah. Stay like focused. I got so excited. Like I almost like for a minute you could see me like kind of break out of it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. this is happening. And then I started to get a little bit more nervous as like the program went because I was like, oh my God, only two more jumps to go. I'm almost there. Because you're just realizing like, oh my God, oh my 50 God. seconds left, 40 seconds left. Like just get through it. And then I had a combination at the, the last second of my program that was really difficult. And when I landed that, I just went bonkers. And you stopped and you bowed. You don't bow. We bow you at bow. the end. I don't remember you bowing. Yeah, that was and, it. And how many people are in Nagano at I mean, this event? I mean, the entire arena, this huge arena was- 50,000 people yeah, more. filled and- The whole world's watching. Yeah. It was crazy. How that, like how, you know, because even I look back, I'm like, how I did that under that type of pressure is, you know, you train for it, but it's still like a crazy thing to think of. Did you, you, you knew you had it? So what's funny is I don't re- – I think I was so relieved that I actually did what I pra- – like what I was practicing for. This is all I could do. This is I all – I, I literally do. did the be- – there's no – there was nothing I, I didn't do. My like God. I left everything on the ice. And right. so like that's all I really felt. And I also knew that like the judging – I mean skiing's the judging is very political. Like I knew that it could have been close still with Michelle. I didn't know how she skated and – um, but in that, when I'm that happy, it's like relief. It's sort of just like, this was too much pressure to put on a human being right. and to be able to do it and get through it. There was just like this feeling of immense relief. You know, what's amazing is I don't think people, they, they watch. No, they don't. They watch but during the Olympics. That's right. And a lot of sports, they just tune in during the Olympics yes. and it becomes the most watched sport. Right. And everybody, isn't it amazing that that's the only time they'll, people would really right. watch is when it gets to the point where it's the best. Okay, yes. we're getting to the best. Right. This is the real competition. Right. The gymnastics. The, right. When it comes to the Olympics, it's all true. eyes on. Yeah, it's the premiere event. And did that kind of bother you? And did you, you know, I was lucky. Nowadays, it, it does bother me. I love my sport. I wish more people watched during the year. Um, I was very lucky back then because in '94 is when the Nancy Tanya thing and skating was rivaling like. Sunday football numbers. Like, it was number two. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So for, like, those next four or five years, skating was all over the place. There was so much opportunity. The touring, the competitions, the professional competitions, all the shows, all the specials, it was – everyone was watching during the entire year, sort of from all that hype with the the horrible Tanya Harding thing. And, right. and it kind of took skating to this n- new place where it was, like – you know, people were interested. So I was lucky because I felt that people were invested throughout the year. But now it's really hard, you know, to see that it is. It is sort of just the Olympics that bring that focus. It's such an amazing sport. And it's like you, you want – and yeah. maybe that's why you do a lot of commentating. That's right. why you got involved in it because – yeah, more more people want to see you and Johnny now, right? Which is and fun. They, like even if they're coming for us, at least they're they're watching. Right, right. Yeah, they can. A and lot you do of the them whole are style thing, and yeah. you do the right. So, so I want to talk about first a little sponsorship just mm-hmm. for a second. What was the first big spot? Was it Wheaties? So I didn't get Wheaties. I was they was actually not they called, but the next day the women's hockey team won. Oh, I thought maybe Fruit Loops called. So I you. did not get Wheaties. Um, and any cereal but brand I did, like you? I had my own. Yeah, I did, I did Wheaties. I did um, Campbell's Soup. I did McDonald's. I did um, Minute Maid. Yeah, you did, did, a, you did a lot of them. Yeah, I, I. that's why I was saying. Like in, in that time, skating was so big. I had so many cool opportunities to sort of 
to to be able to experience. What the experience you had and the money you made doing these things. Second place is a huge difference. It's a is huge, it a difference between for me? It would is have it been a difference a huge between difference. millions and millions of dollars and not millions of dollars. I mean, Michelle was such a you know a big name. I you but know she still had a lot of sponsors. She had a lot of sponsors. I mean, just though when you're looking at it now, like from first to second to third, it's just you know like we say, like people are tuning in for only the Olympics. So really, you want it's the gold. like you want who the got gold. third? Um, Lu Chen from China, a Chinese skater. Do you ever talk to Michelle or any of these people? You know, I do here and there. Um, I Michelle, I, we were on the same flight just a few weeks ago, and she came running over to me after. I'm like, really? oh, like I didn't even know, but yeah. So you had the Ivan Drago Rocky moment. <laughs> yes, you did. Was that? Did you have it before? Or was it kind of like? Was there that moment during the when you got the gold, or was it still like fuck you? Well, no, I think like at that time. I mean, I'm sure she was going through oh, a, yeah. a lot of emotions, sure, and. And whatnot, but I, I think I, I would like to think that she had the same sort of respect even when we were competing because I her, think yeah. we did, you know, like that's why it never got to these weird levels of like how people think competitive ice skaters are or whatever, you know. I think we we did have that respect, and I think now looking back, it's weird. I, I share something with her that I share with nobody else on this planet. Like we experienced something together, and the older I get, the more I appreciate yeah. that. Like we went through something. That whether you're a Michelle fan or a Tara fan or whatever you were, like we were in it together, and it's like I think we have that, like we have this understanding of that. Do you think I she, don't know if she does, but I definitely feel that. Do you think that. she would marry you, fuck Kerrigan? I don't know and, if she would marry uh, me. Kill Harding. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that she would kill Harding. I mean, out of that group, you just have to. By the way, I can I apologize to Trish and Jack for swearing. I said f bombs oh, a lot. Well, I have. 10, I mean, we're from Jersey. I've had ten f bombs in the show. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know why. Maybe because I know you so well. Yeah, I feel like I can f bomb you. F bomb you. Yeah. But I'm going to say f for the rest of the. You uh, are. Maybe podcast. I'll throw out. You haven't said an f bomb once. You're Not a pretty one? classy oh, lady. Fuck. I can't say I've ever been really classy. I just said one. When? Just now. Oh yeah, just you just. Did said, you miss it? Can you say it again? Oh fuck. Trish, did you hear that? <laughs> oh my gosh, they're arguing right now. Okay, so. The world of figure skating. You went touring. You did probably Muppets Take the Ice or whatever the hell they no. do. Sesame Street Live. Why would I do that? I don't know. I'm asking you. Did you do One any of that? One the, of the craziest. No, like, the, a thing on ice. The, the escapades. On, no. See, this is crazy. <laughs> that always bothers me. It's like Good. one thing that Educate skaters. Educate me because I'm like so, the rest of the people out yeah, there who don't so know the these things. So the one thing that skaters hate, you know, you see these Disney on ice or like, you know, there's Frozen. There's like, like you said, there's probably right, stuff. Right. But like that's not where a lot of like skaters that make it <laughs> at the olympic games that's where they go it's you know what it is it's like me as an actor people are like when are you gonna do dancing with the stars i'm like and my career's gone right not 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 yeah, in a bad no, way but no still. but i don't i don't need to do dancing with the stars now no. great with all those other, and they get millions of and it's different with musicians and it's different yeah. with certain people and it doesn't affect you but, but for me it's like a, yeah you know, no it's, I agree. I understand. There's certain things that I shouldn't do. Right. Agreed. Rob, Rob, what do you think about this? I think you should definitely go on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, he just wants more views and hits on the podcast. I think I think you'd be great on it. No, first of all, I'd hurt my back again. Secondly, I'd get beat by like Screech, Screech Ulrich from Saved by the Bell. I just put together Screech from Saved by the Bell and Skeet Ulrich from uh, <laughs> Scream. Screech Ulrich, folks. <laughs> Screech Ulrich. 
I'm not knocking Dance with Stars. I have a friend, Riker Lynch, who's a good friend, who's an amazing musician who has a great band, and he went on Dance with Stars, and yeah. it was a different thing. He's yeah. a dancer. It's not he's for fun, everyone. It's, but it's not for everyone. Right. But he's Agreed. young. He's right. this. It just, to me, it means that. Well, that's the same thing. Like these Disney, I mean, like skaters, that's like their livelihood. They love it. They work hard at it. And that's, you know, what they do. So it's not saying that Disney on ice isn't great, but it's just rare to ever see a competitive ice skater that went to the Olympics sort of then take their right. career to but, I mean yes, like yes, you I know it, I, I could it. have either been else I could have been a tree you know like I, you know, yeah, I, don't know I don't think I meant that I meant like people throw so much money at you to do these things right. they're like oh no, Tara no. come and do you know yeah. uh no, there was, Park there was like ice. a lot of, of fun opportunities I toured for six years with stars is and touring ice. big money yes in that time it was like, yes. like give me an example what's touring on the average for like a skater you have to say you yeah, I mean, could. I would just say, like, I would think if you're one of the top skaters, you're making over a million dollars. For how long of a tour? or, an, or oh, For per, a year. For a year, over a million. Yeah, I'm, or like oh, a million. This is at the height, yeah. Right, over a million? Like over three million? No, 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 no. Like but a million in, dollars. In the million range. That's that's a lot of money at for At the touring. height of skating and, and you were one of the top skaters, like that's what you would. And that's just one thing. And that's just one thing. Then you do professional competitions where yep. you go and you make, you know, a lot of money doing those. So. And other shows, there was just a lot of opportunity because skating was so big at the time, which I'm so lucky that I kind of rode that wave and was part of that. I met you when you were 21. I was 30 or whatever. And that was how many years passed when you were competing? This was 15. Oh, I mean, I won when I was 15. I I just stopped touring. So I stopped touring and then moved here. So you met me just when my... And you were the youngest ever win the Olympic, right? The gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah. How old? 15. 15 and... Were you 15, four months, something? God, right? what was I? So I, I, June 10th. So I was. Whatever. I, I mean, you, it was, yeah, you're like the youngest to ever win. Five it. months, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So you move out here. You're thinking of acting and things like that. Yeah. So I came out here because I was still getting these. So I worked with CBS. I had like a deal with them where I did specials and skating specials. And I still had this, this deal with them. So when I came out here, I, they had put me on Young and the Restless, and they put me on like some CBS shows, like cameo shows. So yeah. it was where I decided to sort of make a home base because I didn't know where to go. I was touring. I was sort of this nomad for so long. You did Ice Angel in 2000. Right. I did Ice Angel. So I was still touring at a lot of these times. But then when I stopped, I came out here and I kept doing them. But I, you know, my mom was like, you've got to take a break. Like, you've got to figure out your life. You've got to stop skating. Like, you have to decide, yeah. do I want to skate forever? And have that be my life and be like, I'm going to be 40 and I'm still going to be on the road. Or do you want to sort of transition into something else completely different? So it was like this big time of. It was tough. Yeah. It you was, were lost a little I bit. I was like, I don't really know. But I did know that I wanted to do something else because I, I felt like I achieved so much in my competitive career. And then on tour and, you know, I just didn't want to get stuck on the, like, be a person that didn't experience life in a different, you know, form than skating. And so I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to like take the jump. I'm going to go out to LA. I have a few things that like come around or are lined up and I've worked for 21 years. I've never taken more than four days off. Before I moved out, I never took more than four days off. I didn't know what normal life was. I didn't know people just like went to Starbucks or and got like lost hung on, up, got lost in the mountains, got, got lost in a mountain, or went to Halloween parties, or you know, like drank or went on date. Like that just was not my life. You, you're not going to blame me for your drinking. 
Um, I mean, you, you, I probably started drinking in this very well, home. I wasn't a bit, never a big drinker, though. No, but I'm sure. Sh- I mean, I'm some sure of your you friends had a couple were. of drinks. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of my friends. Sure, ones I was keeping so, you away from. Exactly. So I feel like I, I needed to experience life, but it was scary because I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. You sort I of grew host? up here in LA, a hundred percent, and that's kind of effed. Yeah, like how I said, <laughs> yeah. effed. It's kind of effed to think that. That this is the worst place to grow up. This is the place where people lose their souls. Right. This is the place where, as great as it can be, it's nightmarish. Yeah. And you grew up and you really stuck to who you were mm-hmm. and your upbringing and your self-respect. What was I like back when I was 21? You know what it was? You were just um, – I think we were all young and kind of – I think I feel like were... I was super opinionated about I think you were just sort. I, I felt like you were a little lost in finding your way. Yeah. I think you were just have trying to have fun and going. Okay, these people are nice. I'm hanging out with these people, and okay, and now I think you, you were just trying to find yourself. This is what people do. I am going to try it. Yeah, but you also had there, there was it was good. You were unlucky and lucky. Luckily, you had money. You made a lot of money. You were right. a huge success. You were the top in the world at what you did. Right. But the unlucky part was now you're 21. Now what am I going to do? And that's psychological. People can say, who cares? You're rich. Just no, do it. No, everyone wants to you find You want to find something passion. that connects. And, yes. and it took you years of, of, so of being years. on 7th Heaven and Generation Jets, yeah. the voice on television. And what's new, Scooby-Doo? Yeah, right. And Malcolm in the Middle. Right. And you worked and you did these shows. You just did Superstore yeah. playing yourself. Yeah. So, so yeah, you started I went doing all these that. things. So the thing was is like – I from skating being so big at the time, it was always on television where I was always doing interviews. It's sort of like entertainment was part of what we did, especially when we toured. It was very art. We'd be in like the the art reviews and it was like I became an entertainer and I loved that. So when I had these deals with, you know, these certain networks that would put me on these shows and it was like an easy transition, I, I thought, you know, maybe I like acting and I wanted to be good at it. But I realized then I didn't feel that connection. Like it was different than what I felt with skating. And that was hard because I needed to find something I thought that gave me that same feeling. Yeah. yeah. And it was hard to find that. Then I did a lot of voiceover work, which I really loved. And then I kind of got into that. And then hosting sort of was – and then I find like – I feel like I went through all of this to really find what it was that I was meant to do. And um, I remember I saw Michelle Kwan on TV – Doing commentary for her first time for and you said I gotta beat that bitch. and I no <laughs> Just no kidding. but I remember beat. thinking like oh my god I didn't even think about this like I didn't even realize that like the sport I love that there's other roles in it you know and then I was like oh great now I'm getting into something that's just as political and difficult as skating was I mean if you look at commentary in its Entire lifetime, you had Dick Button, Peggy Fleming, Scott Hamilton, and and his partner at the time was Sandra Bezik. Right. And I'm like, oh, they, but I – And they did it for a decade, right. a long time. I mean, 20 – each run is like over 20 years. So it's like – So what are the uh, odds? My dad was like, why, Tara? <laughs> why? But you had something going for you. You won the gold medal. Right. And P- so- that's an attraction, and it's your sport that you know right. about that you lived your entire right. life. It makes more sense than look, you do twenty one year or twenty years of figure skating. You're going to be a great figure skater. Then you come to Hollywood. You're like, uh, you can't just be a great actor right away. Right. You're not going to book big, big no. movies. It's, it's very seldom that happens. It, so right. there's a connection here between like, hey, I could do this, and I have an in, and let's see where this goes. Right. 
And then I realized I was going down this like long road. You know, when I started, I called and like I knew I know people in my world. I remember just, you they did they just didn't they didn't answer. Like yeah. I just wouldn't get a call back. Like I'd be like I'd 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 love to meet with you. You know, I'd love to like I people who get, you thought you were friends. Right, I, I was mention. Like, yeah, yeah, I want and nope. Just nothing. 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 Help you no out. call back. No nothing. Finally, I was like, I am not giving up. <laughs> and I remember calling back to to one person and saying, like, you have to meet me because I won't stop calling. Like, I am going what to What year call. is this? This is in, like, 2009. And I was like, I won't stop calling. And then I went into that meeting. I was like, hey, I am going to be a commentator. Like, I feel that I can do this. I love my sport. Give me a shot. And so they did on Universal Sports. And then I started, I worked my way on Universal Sports and then NBC Sports. And And you were on your own at this point. On my own at this point. And then, you know, moved up to NBC Sports and then realized, oh man, to even get into that primetime gig is going to be impossible. Like I'm probably just going to stay at this level for the rest of my life. Like, you know, like where else do I go now? And then- the in 2014, Johnny Weir retired from amateur skating, and they were trying him out. And by the way, if you haven't seen Johnny Weir, if you haven't, you know nothing about him, just go watch some videos. Yeah, he's amazing. Just entertaining. I just remember all of a sudden this guy comes out on the ice, and I just my eyes could not be. I just was staring. I could not take my eyes off him. He there's something just explosive, dynamic, fun, yeah, vivacious. Just this. Yeah. This attitude and the, yeah. the outfits and the, outfits the music. And just all of it. And that's what I remember. And I didn't know much about skating, but I remembered him. I go, who's yep. that guy? Yep. I want him to win. Yep. It was just a personality. Yeah. He just has like the best. He's just – he really is – he's not – he doesn't make excuses. He is who he is. He just is – so I teamed up with Jay. We actually were in the studio together and – we're going into the Olympics for NBC Sports, and we were going to do. I was Terry Gannon, as who mm-hmm. we worked, both worked with, but separately. So it was going to be me with Terry for the ladies, and Johnny with Terry for the men. And we were sitting outside one day, just waiting, and we're like, "What if we did it together?" We didn't even really know each other. I mean, I knew wow. him from skating, and he's like, "Let's try it." We went. They're like, "Uh, <laughs> we'll get back to you on that." And we're like, "No, seriously, like, give us a shot." Finally, they're like, "Okay, come in. We'll do like a test." We did a test. They're like, all right, why not? I mean, I'm sure they're like not really worried about this B team, you know, whatever we're doing. And, and the next thing you know, you guys are taking over. And then we went to Sochi and we were so lucky. We had – we did live. So we had tons of time and – Did it piss off the other old school guys? I hope not. But I have mean – Have you talked to them about it? Hamilton? No. I mean, what, have we, no. what do you say? What do you say? Hey, <laughs> hey, how about this? How about, hey, I'm having a career too. <laughs> Hey, they like us. What do you want me to do? I mean, it is that awkward thing because you're like, what do – because why we were there, it was happening. People were like talking about that and it was coming out in articles and we were just like, oh, God. For, we just were hoping we weren't going to get fired. Like we were like, this is our first time doing a huge live event. We barely worked together. Like let's just walk away without getting fired. But you know what and you were instead- doing? Yeah, you know what you were doing? It's like you're watching the Olympics and nine times out of ten – we're here at the Sochi Center for the blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell you, this girl has the greatest 
<laughs> green uh, outfit I've ever seen. Green you know, and, it, and it's just not. They're not that. They're not full of life. They don't have that. Right. You know, they have professionalism and they they're articulate and they're this. And you know, all those things are important, right? Yeah. But and, when you when you watch you guys, it, I think the style of it, and yet you guys bring a certain fun to it, right. which makes it more appealing to to right. more viewers. And they were smart, and that's why. Yeah, I think it. we feel we both, Johnny and I are on the same page when it comes to how we approach our commentary. And I think it's, you know, or a broadcast. I think we think of it as a performance. You know, we we come we come dressed to make it a performance. We, you know, we're able, we love our sport and respect our sport so much, but we're able to laugh at the funny things that happen and the the odd and and peculiar things that are part of the sport. Okay. So you and Johnny are doing you're all over the place. Where are you? Where can people find you? So um, we, you can find us. We do figure skating every every Sunday on NBC. We do some other events that are more prime. And you have a podcast. And then we have a podcast. And then we do the Olympics. And yeah, we do a podcast now, which is you have to come on. Invite me. Oh my god, one hundred percent. I love Johnny. It's gonna be so much. I hit fun. on him. Good. Will he like that? Yeah. No, he probably won't. I'm not well, young. I mean, I'm I don't know. Enough. I mean, if if he's your type, he'll like he'll love it. Is it, he gay? Johnny? I'm kidding. Yes. Of course he's gay. <laughs> I know that. I mean, could you imagine? I'm not, I didn't know that. Look at what you've done since you're 21 years old. The biggest day of your life wasn't too long ago. I should have been there, and I was working. And I couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. But I sent you some stuff. You. Like oh my you god, amazing. Did though. you go? Did oh you, my god, already. Oh good. <laughs> yeah, but I, I came to your engagement party and I hung out with Trish. Yeah, and, and you I, really I tried. Jack. I wanted you there. I was like, I don't want to put pressure on him, but I was like, you are such a huge part. I mean, like you said, I grew up, I in LA, but like Michael, all of your friends, like. Chris yeah. did a reading at the wedding. So a lot of your friends became huge, like a huge part of my life. And, you That's know, wonderful. it really is. I'm, I'm like, so glad. The, I don't know how much you talk about on this, but like Michael has this incredible group of friends and it's like so diverse. And it's, I look back and I'm so lucky because I could have come to LA and like met well, oh, yeah. a real weird group and been doing a Hollywood thing. Like you had this down to earth group of people that did all different things. And I talk like to my husband about it now. I'm just like, I was so lucky to be part of this group that Hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. That was so cool and like opened up my eyes to different things that were going on in LA other than just like what you would think. And we did normal things. We hung out here. We'd you know You know what it was? I, I think it was it's pretty innocent. I mean, we'll have drinks, we'll do, but we do fun things. And I needed these these people that I surround myself with. I, I I want good people around me. You seem like a great person. I was right. And, you know, I, I feel like the, the one talent I have I've talked about is I'm a good judge of character. And I just – I like to put people around each other that are just fun, that are easy to go – you know, yeah. and, and a lot of Midwesterners or people yeah. who work except for Jersey. you. Jersey. Right. A lot of Jersey. Tommy. But, yeah, just, you know, you can have a lot of fun here without going – you know, you can, going you can have karaoke nights downstairs in my basement. You can go on hikes right. and get lost and almost killed. You could do many fun things. Oh, my goodness. Remember karaoke nights? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, didn't you judge one? I did. You and Debbie Gibson, I think, <laughs> yeah. judged one of my karaoke nights here at the house. Oh, my God. We got to do another one of those. Would you, would, would you and Johnny judge? Yes. We're going to have a karaoke night Oh, my night God. My I house. love that. This has been a real joy. You know what's funny? As I always do this, and Rob knows I talk about this. I have all these papers I was going to talk about, but <laughs> I really was like, I don't really know about figure skating, but I know these things. And um, I'm, I'm super proud of you. Not that you need that, but I'm proud of you because of the amazing woman you've become. Mm -hmm. And I remember that wonderful young woman who just was sort of trying to figure it out. And I was like, it's so difficult. And you just had a lot of great friends around you and a, and a great family. And you're a tremendous success. But um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's great to see. I, we don't see each other very I often. Know. I and know. And it's hard. It's, it's hard now that like my biggest problem is I work in New York. <laughs> I yeah, live here, yeah. but every weekend I'm flying to New York. And then, you know, getting a husband, you know, that How's that changed <laughs> your, your life, t- huh? your, your time is, is filled up a lot, but we need to like hang out more. I, I would love it. I, I talk wanna... about you to Todd so much that we I, I all wanna, have to I, I do want to come visit. Why don't you, next time we'll have Chris and I will come out yes. and visit like old times. Oh my God. Or even when you're here or whatever, we'll have lunch, we'll karaoke, yeah. we'll go on that hike. Well, you know, I keep talking. Maybe we don't go on the hike. Maybe we don't go on the hike. But I know how to do it now. We've done it three <laughs> times since and we use flashlights. Know. We leave before dark. Uh-huh. You know, things that, yeah. you know. Maybe not. This has been a, this has been an incredible treat, and I do want to come on your show. I'd love to come oh my on your God, show. You have to. And I'm coming to the Olympics. I'm going to bug you about that. Oh my God! You how totally hard should... is it? We'll talk about that. But I mean, it's a bit hard. But it's a bit hard. I I mean, obviously, yeah, I want to come. I think it'd be the most it's, extraordinary. It's really thing. fun. Wow. Is there anything you want to ask me? Um. Huh. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> kind of boring. Tara, I I, I really I really I'm sure there's a million things. Thank you. Deeply and dearly for allowing me to be inside of you today. Oh, you are welcome, Michael. This has been a real treat. Love you, Matt Michael. Love you. Love you. Love you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.